you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. And we'll begin reading in verses 10 through 13. Jeremiah chapter 29. And we'll start reading in verse number 10. When you arrive, you can say amen. For this says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Pray with me, please. Father, help us this morning. God, we are a people in need of your help. God, we know that you've called us to seek you. You've called us to seek your face. And God, we need to know exactly what that means and what that entails. Because, Father, we want to make this time and this season in the life of our church a time of great impact great life change and great moves of the spirit. It's what we're praying for this week, God. So God, will you please help me, Lord, to articulate this truth, your word. Let me articulate it, Lord, unfeathered, without hindrance. Let me have good continuity of thought. Holy Spirit, I totally surrender to you so that the words that flows out of my mouth would be consistent with the Spirit of God and what you're saying to your people. God, I pray that when your people see me, that they will not see me, but that you will show them yourself. Open, Father, your heart. Teach us, God. We're all here to look at Jesus because we know that's where our answers lie and our joy is located and our eternal life. And we thank you so much for that. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. Hallelujah. When I began this series last week, uh, Seeking the Lord, uh, one of the things that you all can be sure to do is that every time around Halloween time, as uh, our events coordinator always tell us, that um, our way of um, our offset, the way we offset Halloween is by planning activities that will honor God. So much of what we do this time of year, and I think every credible church on the planet, if a church is credible, they have a season and time where the whole church is called to fast and pray. Now for some of you, uh, I don't know if this is a regular practice for you. I don't know how often you fast. I don't know how often that you take the time to really seek the Lord. But I have some very profound things to say to you this morning. 
And I really believe that principles that God will give us this morning is going to set the pace for an exciting week. And so you can write down in your calendar every year, the last week of October, that Foundation Church will be in a time of fasting and praying. Now, what does it mean to seek the face of God? Many of you have heard us say that over and over again. Uh, the word presence is common translation of the Hebrew word for face. And so when we talk about seeking the face of God, we're talking about seeking the presence of God. Everybody say presence. presence. We're talking about seeking the presence of God. Um, and you may ask the question, which could be logical. Well, pastor, aren't we always in the presence of God? Well, in the sense that he is omnipotent, that means all-powerful. Omniscient, that means all-knowing. Uh, even though that God is all of those things, and he's always watching over us, and, and in that sense of him being king and ruler of the entire earth, yes, we're always in his presence. But there is a sense when God's presence is not always with us. There's a sense. Because how many know that we are not always where we need to be? There's a scripture in the Bible that says, seek the Lord. This is in Isaiah chapter 55. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Understand that the Lord is not hiding from us and the Lord is not moving the problem is that we oftentimes move. Everybody, here own, everybody in here owns a computer, right? I have a computer at home uh, that we call our family computer. Now, uh, we first bought that computer. I was very, very excited about it. Um, but over time, my kids begin to get on the computer, some of you parents know what I'm talking about, and they begin to download different games and all kinds of stuff, and by which my computer at one point when I first had it, that thing just whisked. I mean, it was quick, it was fast, but now when I get on that computer, it takes like 15 minutes. Am I lying about it? It takes like 15 minutes for that thing to boot up. Now, when I first got it, it wasn't the case. And it drives me nuts because I got my own laptop and my kids know they cannot come near my laptop. Don't come because they are dangerous. They will hit buttons and click stuff that will cause viruses and all kind of things to slow my computer down. And, and then all of a sudden when you have somebody who have a little bit of a clue of what's you know, how a computer works. They look at that thing and they say, oh, you got all kind of stuff in here that you didn't need. And, 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 and to my surprise, and to our surprise, many times we sit back and we look, oh, I, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Because whenever you download stuff, there's always some other stuff that come along with it that you're not even aware of. Amen. And over time, your computer slows to the point that you start saying, I need a new computer. No, you don't just need a new computer. You just need to stop putting so much junk on it. Now, we're kind of like that. We have gotten so much 
junk into our spirits. Now hear me, because you may be asking the question, why are we having consecration? What is the purpose of consecration week? I'm going to share that with you very, very quickly. Because you and I, we get so busy. How many know what I'm talking about? Busyness can drown the voice of God. And you mean well. Just like my kids meant well when they downloaded what they downloaded, but they did not realize that downloading all that stuff can make your computer sluggish. How many know that when you download so much of the world, it can make you spiritually sluggish? And it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you don't love God. It's not even that you don't want to see God. But what happens is that over time, it, you know, until somebody, until the light bulb come on and say, hold up, wait a minute, stop. Do you know what's happening? And when you finally sit back and look at it, you're like, I'm in a bad place. How did I get here? How did I arrive at this place? Consecration Week is designed to boost our spiritual appetite for God. Because if there's a level of anxiety that you have, we mentioned the word, watch this, fasting and praying. If there's a level of anxiety that's kind of bubbling in your spirit, then that's a sign that you've had a little bit too much stuff downloaded into your spirit and it has slowed you down. And so I've come to be the spiritual computer tech guy to come and fix us this morning. Common complaint. Well, let's go, let, me, let me do this. Let's, let's talk about his presence for a little while. Because the Bible says that we are to seek his face continually. How do you seek God's face continually? How do you do that? As we said before, God is not playing hide and go seek with us. God wants to talk to us. Somebody say amen. amen. God wants to talk with us. But the reason why we have to seek his face continually, watch this. The reason why we have to do that is because if we don't, you'll find yourself in a place where you know God intellectually. You know what the Bible says. You understand all the sermons that Pastor Bailey preached. But watch this. But you don't really feel God's presence. Oh, Pastor, I know what the book says. You even go to church. But if you're really honest, I don't really feel God's presence. See, the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Amen? And so when we're in God's presence and we're walking with God, there's a level of confidence that comes. Amen? There's a level of peace that comes when you're in the presence of God. There's a level of joy. You want great relationships? How do you know you want to walk close with God? If you want God to move mountains for you, if you want life to be better, I mean, you know, you've got to walk closely with God. It's something about when we're in the presence of God, and some of you saints who've been walking with God for a long time, you know when you're in the presence of God, and you know when you're not. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. You know when you can feel it, 
And you know there are times when it's like you're going through the motions. So if we don't learn to seek God's face continually, and see, consecration week is like that big boom, right? It's like that big, it's like that, that, that big stop sign that appears out of nowhere that some of you run those stop signs. You tell the judge, I never saw it. It just came out of nowhere. It's like consecration week. If we didn't have consecration week for some of us, if we didn't do something on purpose, we would just keep on going and miss what God is trying, what God is saying and what he's trying to do in our life. And so what Consecration Week does, it makes us stop and say, hold up, wait a minute, so much stuff been going on. I need to seek the Lord. And so if nothing else, Consecration Week helps prepare you for that. Now, the common complaint, I want to address this. The common complaint I hear oftentimes is, Pastor, well, you know, I'm just too busy. You know, I, I know that you guys are talking about meeting this week and talking about praying, but you got to understand, I got I to gotta work. I got bills to pay. I got kids that need to be fed. Uh, I got so many things to do. Can I ask you one question? Can I ask everybody one question? Say amen. When are you going to stop being busy? How many know that you're always going to be busy? The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So you know that when you make up in your mind that you want to seek the Lord, understand something, what's going to happen? The enemy will do everything he can to keep you from the presence of God. Why? Because he knows that when you get into God's presence and you feel his presence and, and as a sense of when you walk around a corner, God is talking to you. When you're about to make a decision, God is talking to you. When you're about to go into the bank and make a huge purchase, you've been hearing from God. When you're about to make any decision, when you walk closely with God, how many know that there's spiritual benefit to that? What did the enemy want to do? He want to keep you busy. Keep you busy, so busy, but that you cannot hear God. How many know that many of us get in trouble because we can't hear God? Amen. Seek the Lord while he may be found. It's not that, it's, listen, the Lord will always be found, but we are not always in a place where we will hear him when he speaks. Are you hearing me? Seek the Lord while he may be found. You can always find him, but how many know that we're not always in a place where we want to receive from him? There was a time in my life when I remember when God spoke to me. It was as if he spoke to me audibly. And it was a time, and God said to me, this is your moment. Y'all hear me tell this story often. And I was in a sinful place, not just physically, but spiritually. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And God, at that moment, God spoke to me and said, this is your moment. Hear my voice. He kept calling me. He kept calling me. And I knew that had I ignored it, I wouldn't be standing here today. The Bible says today, today, if you hear his voice, because you may not hear it tomorrow. Something, who knows what tomorrow may bring? Who knows 
what we are going to do if it were not for the grace of God. So when God speaks at that moment, I'm listening, God. What do you want me to do? God loves us enough to tell us that. Look at Joel chapter number two. Joel, Joel, I should say, J-O-E-L. And you can find that book after Daniel. It's in the Old Testament. Joel chapter number two. You dare say amen. amen. Joel chapter number two, verses 15 through 17. It says, now blow the trumpet in Zion and consecrate a fast. This is what I'm doing this morning. As a pastor, I'm blowing the trumpet. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. How many know there's a time to seek the Lord? Gather, listen to what it says, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. These were the leaders. Get everybody together. This is a time to seek the Lord. Gather the children and the nursing babies. That's why we welcome Arya this morning. Amen. Amen. Gather them. All right. Let the bridegroom come out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests, everybody say priests, who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation's should rule over them. The spirit of consecration week is a time when we call every one of us together, the leaders, the people, the babies, and we say, we're going to seek the Lord this week. We are going after God. We're going after him with all of our hearts. I got seven of these, so how do we seek the Lord? I want to do this very quickly, and I'm going to get you out of here. How do we seek the Lord? Number one, write it down. We seek the Lord with our whole hearts. You know, it's interesting that Jeremiah said this, verses 13 and 14, and Jeremiah 29, the verse we just read. He says, and you will seek me and find me, watch this, when you search for me, with all, everybody say all. all, all of your heart. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. Seeking the Lord with all of our heart means undistracted devotion. To seek the Lord with all of our hearts means that, that your, 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 your attentions are, are, are not divided, Amen. That to seek the Lord with all of our heart means that we are transparent. We're honest. We're open before the Lord. Why? Here's, what, here's the promise. He says, when you seek for me with all of your hearts, he says, guess what? You will find me. He says, you will find me. See, all of our hearts means that we have to give it all to God. We can't try to seek God and... We can't try to seek God and dot, 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 dot. If you're serious about seeking God, 
you're serious about seeking God, how many of you know that he must be the main focus? To seek God, if you are desperate this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I need to hear from God. Here's the question I have. When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you prayed? When's the last time you cut the TV off, you cut everything down, and you got into a place where you can just hear from God alone? With all of your hearts. Because here's the promise. I want you to catch it. He says, if you do this, he says, you'll find me. He says, if you do it, you will find me. God is, again, giving us a test, and he's given us the answers to it. You seek me with all of your heart. See, that this thing is, is it, it has to be with all of our hearts, our whole hearts. The Bible says in Proverbs 8, 17, write it down. We'll have time to turn there. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Isn't that good? He said, I love those that love me. How many of you love the Lord? Amen. He said, I love those who love me. And he says, and those who seek me early, you're going to find me. How many know that ought to be inspiration to seek the Lord? Number two, how do we seek you? Lord, we must confess and turn away from our sins. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse 14. This is a verse that so many of church leaders and lay people alike quote all the time. I want to dissect it just a little bit. 2 Corinthians 7, 14 says, if my people, how many of you are God's people? He says, if my people, now I want you to, I want to, I want to qualify this. He didn't say, if my government. He didn't say, if my president. Come on. He says, if my people. That means those who belong to God who are Christians, who are, have been saved and redeemed through the blood of Jesus, these are God's people. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. How I many know humbling yourself is important? How I many know God cannot deal in pride? If one thing prayer would do to you more than anything else, prayer and fasting, how I many know it humbles you? Because it makes you stop doing stuff that you normally like to do all the time. It, it messes with your flesh. It tells you that you got to give it all up and you got to completely and wholeheartedly trust God. And everything in your flesh will tell you, no, wait a minute. Let me hold on to a little bit of control of this. Let me hold on to a little bit of my pride. How I many know that if you really want God to move in your life, you got to humble yourself. You got to first come to the place where you say, God, I need you. And not just by word only, but you got to get desperate. Amen. He says, watch this. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And what? Pray. God, now how many know God is, God is not a man that he should lie? He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, watch this. And seek my face. We've already determined that word face in the old Hebrew uh, 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 language means presence. We need his presence. Amen. He says, seek my face, my presence. Watch this. And turn from their what? Now, how many know that if you're going to seek God, how many know that we got to turn from our wicked ways? 
Come on, somebody. Amen. We got to turn from our wicked attitudes. We got to turn from our pride. We got to turn from our arrogance. We got to turn from anything that God and the Holy Spirit put his finger on and said that it's not like him. We got to turn from every little sin. Y'all know what those little sins are, right? Those are the ones that you do that nobody else know about, that you think you got away with. How many know we don't get away with nothing in the kingdom? Because God says he sees everything. How many of you know that God is not playing God? Is, my mother used to tell me all the time, God is real. Don't you play with God. How many know God is real? God sees. He says, now, if my people who are called by their names humble themselves and pray and seek my face, my presence, here's the promise. And, of course, turn from their wicked ways. He said, then, everybody say then. He said, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin. And watch this. I'm going to heal their land. You, t- you, you want to change our land. Some, how many of you are frustrated with what you see, some of the things you see happening around us? in our world today. You want to change it? Get on your face and pray. Start, start this week. One week a year. Start this week, 7 o'clock. Let's come here and pray. Let's get serious about it. If you want to see change in your nation, Jesus, listen, he said, if my people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves to pray, I'll bring a breakthrough. I'll do it for them. This is God. God's saying, it's, he's looking at us. He's not looking at them. How I many know they act the way that they act because they are sinners. They don't know better. Do y'all hear me? How many know sometimes we dismiss some of our kids' actions sometimes because they don't know better? They don't know what they do. They don't know better. But how many know you know better? He says, if my people, the promise is, if my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray, God say, look, I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to bring about a breakthrough. If you need healing, you got to pray. I know that, and you know, and, and that's why I say all, uh, you hear me say this over and over again, the devil fights so much praying because it's direct communication with God. And de- the devil knows more than Christians that if we wholeheartedly depend on him and trust him and seek him, he knows that God will bring a breakthrough. He knows it. That's why he don't want you to pray together. That's why he, some of us, you know, we need to pray together because some of us can't stay awake for two minutes. There's power when we pray together. The devil knows he keeps you off your feet. He don't want you to assemble and pray because God said this. The devil read this. He said, oh, if my people, oh, so you can imagine that the forces of hell are back there saying, then what we need to do is, is make sure that those people don't come together and pray. We need to keep tempting them with sin. If I was the devil, I would keep tempting them. I would keep, t- I would keep dangling stuff in front of them. I would keep them too busy to take time to go pray to the God that gave them breath, Amen. that gives life. Every person that I know that is in the graveyard, they had no control over it for the most part. They're there. Whether they, even if, even if it was premature, they're going to end up there. Unless the Lord comes back first, everybody, the death ratio is one per person. Amen? Everybody going to go, whether you want to go or not. Yeah, that's my country talking, going to go. You see? So he says, my people, well, look at Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 through 3. Don't look, just write it down, because I don't have time. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. How many know God is strong? Do y'all believe God is strong? Amen. Do y'all believe God answers prayer? 
Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. God ain't deaf. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. But your iniquities, watch this, have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. Now, this is, a, this is a sharp warning because here's what God is saying. When God ain't answering prayer, something's up. And we always need to start looking. How many know that when we start talking about seeking the Lord, the Lord is going to start dealing with us? <laughs> Let me take my glasses off because I ain't seeing nothing. How do we know that when we start seeking the Lord, when you really set your face to seek the Lord, how do we know the Lord's going to start dealing with some stuff? He's going to start first, he's going to deal with you. He's going to deal with those areas. And, I, and you know what? And, and you can be, be hard-headed all you want to. But you ever seen a car that gets stuck in a ditch and you can't pull it out? I've had that happen. I've had wreckers had a difficult time pulling some stuff out. How I many know wreckers got all the tools necessary? But God wants us to turn from our wicked ways, confess our sins, and be willing and ready to say, you know what, God? Not only am I confessing this, God, but I'm moving on because I can't have anything blocking my ability to get to the throne room of God. You hear me? If you want to get to God, we got to deal with the stuff that's blocking. If anything, if God, the Holy, how many know the Holy Spirit is sensitive? He's a gentleman. And when the Holy Spirit convicts you of any little thing, just say, acknowledge it, because you don't want it to get in your way of what God wants to do. Number three, and we said this a little while ago. I'm not going to belabor it. We seek him through fasting and praying. Fasting, fasting, I want to focus on fasting. How many know many in the Bible practice fasting? Moses fasted for 40 days on a mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. How do you say uh, 40 days? And, and Moses didn't get snacks. He didn't have peanuts. He wasn't eating peanuts. He wasn't eating a little fruit. When Moses fast, he fasted for 40 days. How many know that's a fast? I would advise to don't do that unless you really know what you're doing. 40 days. Queen Esther. How many of you have ever read the book of Esther? Queen Esther asked the Jews. The Jews was on the brink of annihilation. Their nation was on the brink of totally being destroyed. And what did Esther say? She said, everybody, look, she told her uncle, she said, everybody, look, go tell my Jews, my people, to get together and fast. They all came together. They fasted and they prayed. And they didn't stop fasting until they got a breakthrough. Oh, I'm taking you deep now. Some of you won't get a breakthrough. You got to fast until your breakthrough comes. You may have to amend your fast. Whatever you got to do, listen to me. Some of us, some things are only going to be broken, Jesus said, through fasting and praying. Because what fasting does more than anything else, it, it cleanses you, gives you guidance, it delivers, it protects you, and more importantly, it brings our natural and physical desires under the control of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of hearing God. Hearing God. 
Jesus fasted for 40 days. Y'all remember that? How many know if Jesus fasted for 40 days, that might give us a hint? That's what I call a clue. In the early church, they relied on this practice. This was a practice asking the Lord's guidance for important decisions. You can find that in Acts 13, 2, Acts 14, 23. I'll just write those, just write those down. But look at Matthew chapter 6, if you will. Run to Matthew chapter 6. Run there, please. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. When I get there, I'm just going to read because I don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to hold you too late because I know you had a long weekend and we got a long week. Matthew 6, verse 18. You there? Say amen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Where am I? Where am I? Moreover, when you fast. Now, can y'all underline in your Bibles when? Or circle it? The word when? When you fast. You know what that means? Jesus has an expectation that we will be fasting. He says, when you fast. Not if, but when. Do not, he said, don't do it like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. See, what the Pharisees would do when they fast, they oftentimes would look ugly and they wouldn't brush their, you know, obviously they wouldn't brush their teeth there. They didn't put a, a mint in their mouth because they wanted every, and they didn't shave because they wanted everybody to know, look at me, I'm fasting. Look how ragged I look, I'm tired. How you doing, brother, sister? Oh, I just been fasting and seeking the Lord, breath all jacked up, messed up. I'm like, put, put, put a mint in your mouth, please. Put some clothes on. Wash your face. Because the purpose of fasting is not to impress anybody. The purpose of fasting is to hear God. You hear me? It is to hear God. So if you got something going on, you need to hear God. Let me tell you something. Fast. And it's amazing because I hear people say, Pastor, this lady that came to me at the other end of the gym. I see her now all the time she works out. She goes, but Pastor, I... She says, I told her we was having consecration week and time of fasting prayer. She says, she says, you know, fasting is really hard. She says, because my stomach hurt and I get headaches and that. And she said, and I'm going to look at her like, yeah, fasting. You know, your flesh is used to eating, right? So probably if you get, if you fast, your stomach is going to turn two or three times over. It's going to make some noise and you might get a bit of a headache. Yeah, that kind of comes with it. But see, the purpose of fasting, don't get it mixed up. Don't get it wrong. If the purpose of this is I need to get myself into a place where I deny everything else so that my spirit can connect with God better. And nothing does that more than fasting because you all know the man, Jesus, that's why Jesus said man should not live by bread alone. And that's why you, when you don't get it, you go absolutely nuts, don't you? You come home, you turn the refrigerator, you yell at the kids, who ate my stuff? You'll go crazy because you want your food. You want that. And, and, and fasting does, it makes us divert that attention towards him. And how do you know that every time the people of God fast in the book and got serious about it, God moved. God moved. God moved. And it wasn't because God was playing hide and go seek all along. It was because the people just needed to get in a place where they can hear him. He said, Pastor, I got problems. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Please come this week. Some of you, you may end up working. And you may say, well, and, and how many know that you can have a, you know how you get busy. And if we didn't have that 7 o'clock, well, I'm just going to stay at home and pray. 
more than likely, when people tell me that, they're not staying at home and praying. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. The kids are going to act up. The phone is going to ring. Something's going to happen. And more, even if not that, you'll be sleep. That's why we say come out. Because that's one time that you know that at least for an hour and a half on this day, this night, I will give undivided attention to him. Undivided attention. Undivided devotion. Because we need to hear God. I don't know about you, but I'm coming. Because I need to hear him. I got, I, got, I got to hear him. And watch this. Then we want to seek him. Here's how, number four. We seek him together. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. Run there real quick. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is a familiar passage of scripture. It's one of the scriptures that I love because it really speaks so clearly about the power of God's presence and worship and how that when we worship God and we give God the glory, that God just does stuff in the spirit. If people understood that more, they would clap their hands and they would shout a little bit louder in church on Sunday morning. But they understood the power of their worship. But look what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it happened after this that the people of Moab, everybody say Moab. Them boys are some bad boys. But the people of Amnon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now understand that Jehoshaphat, Judah, was a small nation. These were nations that were much bigger much bigger, much more powerful. What did Jehoshaphat do? Look at verse number two. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, brother, your time is almost up. It's almost over, but they got a whole bunch of enemies. They come in, they're going to wipe you out. And a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hezazan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. Now, how many know how many of you have ever been in a place where you felt like that you were surrounded? How many of you have ever been in a place where you felt like that you were in a spot when you were just surrounded and you had no way out and you couldn't see your way out? You don't know how to get out. You're looking around and all you see is trouble, enemies, hardship. Every, I just keep looking. How, uh, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. How am I going to get out of this? The enemies are coming against me. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat feared. He feared. But we know what he did. Watch this. It says he set his face to seek the Lord. You know what it means to set your face to seek the Lord? It's a little bit more than a casual, I'm going to go to a quick prayer meeting. No, 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 no. How many know to set your face to seek the Lord? You got a plan for this. Do you hear me? Jehoshaphat, watch this. Let's keep reading because I want you guys to see it. I want you to lay eyes on it. Verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. In other words, here's the king. How would you like it one day in America? Wouldn't that be nice? God raised up a man or woman of God to be in the office. I mean, a real man or woman of God that lives the word, preaches the word, and say, I'm calling the whole country to fast and pray and seek the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Mm. It can't happen with the Lord's grace. It can't. 
And Jehoshaphat feared. And he's a whole a fast throughout the whole land of Judah. So Judah gathered together, watch this, to ask what? Help. That's our theme for this year. How many need help? The Holy Spirit told me, I said, Lord, what do you want our theme to be? He said, help. Because that's what you need. I said, amen. Make it real simple. Help. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. Sometimes you just got to say, Lord, help. You don't even have all the words. You're going through it. You, sometimes you just got to, mm, 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 mm. you, sometimes you just got to moan. Amen. Sometimes you just got to cry. But how I many know God hears it when he knows we need help? He says, he gathered everybody together from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Watch this now. It says from all the city. In other words, everybody came. Now, if you go on and read it, because we don't have time to read it. God routed their enemies. All they did was got in the presence of God. See, this is what, this is what we're talking about. See, when we come in here on every day during the week, here's what we're doing. We're getting into the what? The presence of God. And when they got into the presence of God, I want you to read it when you go home. Finish reading that chapter. They just start singing. They just start praising. They just start worshiping. And the Bible said the Lord set ambushes and destroyed every one of those nations. In fact, they turned on each other. And the people of God ended up, ended up gathering all the spoil. They didn't have to lift up one sword. All they had to do was get into his what? I'm believing that when the people of God get serious, this ain't, how many know, this ain't about pastor. If you're saying, well, pastor want me to come out this week, don't come. It ain't about me. You, this is about you seeking God. God wants to talk to you. This is not about me. It's about us getting to him. Are you hearing me? This is not a pastor. Bed. This is not about, this is us sacrificing and saying, God, I'm coming to you. I'm coming, God. I need your presence. Because when we get his presence, things happen. Things happen. Oh, we need help from the Lord. Number five, we need to minimize the distractions. Now, here's what, here's what we said. In Luke chapter 10, how many of you know what that Luke chapter 10 is a story about Mary and Martha? Y'all know that. We don't have time to read it. But y'all know how that Mary and Martha, Martha was sincere, but boy, she loved to work. Some of you are sincere, and some of you say, here's what some of you say. How many know, now, can I be honest? Amen. All right. I got to work. Do you really have to work? I mean, no, we take off time for whatever we want to take off time for. And God knows it already. And we, listen, I'm just being honest. Let me, t let me, let me tell you something. We, this is, remember, I, you're trying to seek God. You, now, if you don't need help from God, don't come. <laughs> you're good. If everything good in your life, you need no help from the Lord, go for it. I bet God, time will come where you're going to need him. But how many know that we got to minimize the distractions? I know some of us may have to work, but not all of us have to work. You got to straighten that out between you and God. But here's what I'm saying to you. You sacrifice to God. God will honor that. It's a sacrifice unto him. 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 I want you to experience the full measure of the power of God this week. And I'm believing God to move on your behalf. I'm believing that. I've been praying all week for this. I've been believing, been believe, you know, and, and I said, God, just show your people. God, show your people that you answer prayer. God, just show them so that they will know 
that when it comes time to seek you, Lord, that they will delight in it. Oh, God, this is great. I get to seek the Lord. This is wonderful. What other people who love God just like me, God got to show up. I can't see him not showing up. I cannot see it. Watch this. Minimize the distraction. You're going to seek the Lord. How many know you got to minimize the distraction? The distraction ain't going to go away on their own. Are you hearing me? Distractions don't just disappear. In fact, if you get serious about God, they, they multiply. Oh, trust me, you're going to have more distraction this week than you've ever had. Because it's a spiritual thing. I said yesterday, we was, now let me say this. We was out there, I never ever heard of anything the speakers were acting up yesterday. Now, let me, I've never seen that there's a wind can affect, I never, listen, call it ignorance, call it whatever. But I'm telling you, I believe that this is warfare. In a church that prays, and God ain't going to move until we learn how to not trust in ourselves. He will not move until we learn that we got to trust him. Amen. Not in our, Listen, it has to be about him. Now, so watch this. Minimize distractions. I'm asking you this week, turn off the TV. Fast from TV, Let's, for starters. Fast from your normal routine of doing for a whole week. Just offer this to God. We're asking you to do this up to Friday. Friday, we come here, we have a couple of refreshments, we break the fast, and we give testimonies. I'm asking you to your normal routine, because it's going to be normal. It's going to be as normal as you let it be. If you can take off, take off. Tell your boss if you can, say, look, see, I got some work that I, I need. And even if it's all day you're by yourself and you're God's presence all day seeking this, listen, just begin to go after God. Feed your spirit. Oh, boy, you're going to get flushed. You're going to be, well, I guarantee you, you see God like, well, I'm telling you, ain't going ain't to be no deficit of I don't feel God's presence. Come on. Oh, you're going to feel him. <laughs> you're going to feel, I promise you. I almost said I'll give you money back, but I'm not giving you no money, so or you haven't given me no money, so I don't know how to handle that. But I just know, take my word for it. You seek God like that, God will show. You'll feel his presence. You'll feel his presence, and it'll feel good. You know what? And you're going to want to stick with it. Because you, you know that some of you don't really know what, let me tell you, when you really know what it feels like to be in God's presence, oh boy, you, you keep fighting for it. You keep running for it, because I, I know what it feels like. Ah, I want that. I got, God, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming to get in your presence. Number six, you got to minimize. I'm sorry, you got to make an appointment. You ever met a friend and you say, let's say, for example, you see a friend you haven't seen in a long time. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I, how life been good? Life been good. Yeah, man. Family's good. Oh, yeah. Family's good. Everybody's good. Man, life been good. Man, great. Man, well, you know, brother, we need to get together sometime. Yeah, man, why don't we get together sometime? And we, we're going to hook up, man. We'll, we'll have dinner together. Hey, yeah, great. Okay, cool. How many of the chances are you ain't going to get together with that person to have no dinner? Not no time soon, unless fate just happened to bring y'all together. But when I see you and I say, hey, how you been doing? Yeah, I've been doing great. Family good. Hey, brother, why don't we meet? Uh, let's put it on the schedule. Uh, why don't we meet this date, this time? How many know that changes everything? How many know you got to make an appointment with God? Some of your calendars, if I look at the calendar right now, I wonder how many 
what say on that calendar says anything about God? Well, you say, Pastor, well, I already know in my heart. Yeah, and that's why sometimes we don't always keep them appointments with God either. You write it down on your, if you got your, now, I told y'all, y'all need an iPhone. Because the iPhone will give you a little alarmed. I got, my phone is off the hook. I'm telling you, I, I, I ain't. I believe, I believe, I, I'm, I'm believing that iPhone will be God, that's going to be heaven's phone. Okay, I was kidding, Lord. Forget <laughs> but, you know, I just want them to know, Lord, how much I love this. God, man, listen, God, God is all in this. He created all things. And God can give me an iPhone in heaven, amen. Okay, let me get off of that. Okay, because it, <laughs> but you got to make an appointment. If you don't make an appointment with God, you know what's going to happen when you don't make appointments? It's subject to change because any little thing will pop up, you'll switch. you get pulled. Something happened. Oh, man, I, I was coming, but. No, no. You write it down. This is my appointment with God. Not changing that. This is the time I meet with God every morning. Or, or, or consecration week, this is 7 o'clock between 7 o'clock and 8.30. Put all your friends on notice. Don't bother me. I have an appointment. Well, where you got to be? Watch this. I got to go seek the Lord. I gotta, you got to go seek the Lord. What does that mean? They're going to someone look at you like, what? What do you mean seek the Lord? And he always, oh, yeah. No, no, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to go after his presence. His presence. That's what we need, his presence. Number, here's the last one. And while I make, before I say it, I want you to turn to Ezekiel 33, verses 30 through 32. You got to make it a point. Watch this. Here's what I want y'all to do. You got to make it a point. Watch this. That whatever God tell you, commit to doing it. Amen? Y'all want to know what a pastor's nightmare is? <laughs> Can I read this verse to you? Are you there yet in Ezekiel chapter 33? As for you, son of man. The children of your people are talking about you beside the walls. Now, that's not what I want, but, you know, this, that was a joke, but nobody got that. Okay. Nobody still got it. Y'all see? Okay. Let's start again. Y'all there yet? Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30 through 32. You know what I said earlier? I said, this is the pastor's, you know, nightmare and all that stuff. So anyway. So, as for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and the doors of their houses. I know y'all ain't saying but good things about me. I feel it. I feel the love. And they, why are you laughing? That's not good. And they speak to one another. Everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that come from the Lord. So they came to you. Watch this. Now this is Ezekiel, if you will. He, Ezekiel the preacher. Ezekiel the pastor. Ezekiel the prophet. So they came to you as my people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words. Watch this. But they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not what? Do them. How many know that we got to make a commitment to the Lord, to obey the word of the Lord? You see, 
one of the things for me is not about, and I hear people coming to me, sometimes people say, you know, pastor, is a great sermon, spoke to me. Man, that was a good word, good word. But you know what I'm looking more for? Y'all did a skit not a couple weeks ago. When I, don't, when I see my people, when I say my people, y'all understand what I mean, my people. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't, I'm not being sacrilegious here. I'm talking about the people that I pastor. When I see my people walking in the truth, oh boy, that, that blesses my heart. When I see you loving the unlovable, when I see you forgiving the unforgivable, when I see you walking in love, walking in truth, walking in obedience, that's when I say, boy, something's happening. The change is coming in their life. But if we're not following through with it, and we're not walking it out, how many know that we're deceiving ourselves? The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. How many know that, that as your, I'm your pastor, and as your pastor, God has spoken that the church need to fast and pray once a week. This is your week. This is your church. You're part of this. You're supposed to be here, to do your best to be here and join into this fast and pray and fast for this church. If you like, if you love this church, I said, I want to use like, I want to use love. If you love this church and you believe you want God to move and bless our church, let's get serious about God. Let's fast and pray together. Why? Because in Hebrews eleven six, he says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Do y'all hear that? God said, I'm a rewarder. He said in Matthew 7, 7, ask, it will be given. Seek, you will find. Not that you might. He said, knock and the door will be open. These are promises from the word of God. So what's left? What's left? Join with me this week in the spirit of seeking the Lord's help. Let's get serious. Let's send a message to the forces of darkness. Let's send a message even to my, our brothers and our sisters that we need God. Amen. That we need him and God is going to help us. He's going to help us. I believe it. He's going to help you. If you are struggling, every head is bowed.